You are now listening to Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike. Rob, what's good, homie? Big Mike, I need to make a uh, <laughs> – this is hard for me to do, Mike, because – I'm not used to making apologies on air for stuff that I say, but uh, last week uh, I got some facts wrong on my uh, tat story that I wrote uh, or wrote or, or talked about. Um, so I want to make a quick public apology to m- my man, Ronnie Arena, who was the, the gentleman that I actually tied with and went to a roll off. In the story, when I told it, I uh, said that he went Brooklyn like three or four times during the game. Uh, and that was incorrect. I was actually thinking about one of the other guys on the pair that actually did it, who was the one who actually, I believe, made the show. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, so Mr. Ronnie Reed, I'm, I apologize. He's a great kid, man. Uh, was nothing but class, especially after I went completely off the rails uh, two different times during that match and was super professional. So, man, I apologize, Mr. Ronnie Arena. I, I, you know, hey, look, Ronnie, when you're, when you're Ronnie, wrong, Ronnie, wrong, Ronnie, the two one fifth at Gmail, the two one fifth <laughs> at Gmail. I need, I need the whole. I need, I need your perspective, Ronnie, of this match now because my man, my man's wilding over here. All right, he's he's making shit up. He no, is no. just he's totally, you know, assigning the wrong roles to the wrong people. What I find, I find a few things is interesting here. Number one, this guy, Ronnie, felt so strongly about you pegging him as the crossover guy that he reached out to you through email. That's something I would do. That is 100% something I would do. It would be like, yo, I'm emailing this dude and telling him, yo, you got it. You got it mixed up. So second thing I find interesting is that the guy who actually threw the crossovers goes on to make the show. Oh, my yeah. goodness. How did, See, how, looked- how did you not remember? How could you not remember that? That the guy who crossed on you on your pair a few times goes on to make the show. I would have started my tournament recap with that. Look, I'm going on the record. I don't know how many times the guy who made the show crossed over. I do know that he crossed over in the tenth frame to lock us to lock his spot in because I was pissed. And then and then I ended up crossing over. So like (laughs) I was I was mad for a split second. Then I ended up doing it myself. And anyway, so let's get that out. That's something you didn't mention too. That's something you didn't mention too that you crossed yeah. over as well. But nonetheless, yeah. uh, I, listen, I feel strongly about this. Like you know how there's no there's no fouls in action, especially in the northeast section of the country. Like people mm-hmm. say there's no fouls in action. I think crossovers should be nine spare. That's it. It's oh, the highest. Goodness. That's the highest value you should be able to get out of a crossover is nine spare. I want to start okay. that movement in bowling. So let's right, go Rob, over. Let's, so I'm done with you, that. You, so. you told me off air, though, that you're you're back at it again this weekend. You're gonna be yeah, man. you're gonna be back. You're bowling this weekend, so that means you're gonna be back here next Wednesday, making up more stuff about people on making your pair and calling yeah, things yeah, the yeah. wrong way. So, yeah. uh, but yeah, what, are, what are you bowling this weekend? There's a scratch event about 35 minutes from my house. Uh, it's uh, um, gentleman named Theo. He runs these complete bowling events. I've never, I've never bowled them before, but it's a seven game scratch event. And then it goes to like top eight for like match play. 
Uh, it's like a $70 entry and then probably be some pots and whatnot. Uh, dude, the, the, the field is strong. I saw Michael Haugen signed up, um, Kyle King. Uh, there's some uh, – Ed Smaglick. There's some pretty solid, like, bowlers in this area, especially scratch bowlers. So, uh, yeah, it'll be my first go around at a, at, a, at a scratch event. But, man, he runs scratch events every month, so it'll be really great for me to at least be able to get out and bowl some local stuff. So what you're telling me is you're you're what I'm hearing is you're repping sweep the rack this weekend. There's going to be will. several several good high level bowlers in the building, so people can expect some good guests over the next few weeks. I would imagine then, yes, since you're going to go and make some connections. And well, I've been trying done. to get Mike. I've been trying to get Mike Haugen on for a while. We just haven't been able to 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 partner up. Um, I can't wait to hear like his like story on that a uh, match that he bowled with uh, Chris Barnes and. It was with Chris Barnes, right, where he was down like 50 pins in the, in, in, in the fifth or sixth frame. And I also want to hear about that year that he didn't get drafted. I think that would be an interesting like, perspective because he's pretty outspoken. He's such a great guy, too. Well, so, make yeah, that I, happen. Make that I happen. Will. I will. All right. so, let's talk league, Mike, real quick. People, let's do a little league roundup. Yo, the people want to hear about the league roundup. Yo. So uh, House League, they were easy again. They were, they, they were, they were easy again. Uh, I shot seven twenty for three. Uh, I sh- I went front ten. I went front ten game three. Oh yeah, that's uh, right. You were all hyped yeah, about yeah. it. See, <laughs> see, there's a whole there's a whole week between all this. So I did tweet about I it. Know. We can talk about yeah. that if you want. Uh, I went front ten seven ten uh, the the third game, and I tweeted out that I did. I wanted to. Th- I wanted the three hundred. I wanted to shoot three hundred that last game. And then, of course, you chime in about, oh, well, I thought 300s didn't mean anything. We'll get back to that in a second. Uh, I thought they did, Mike. I didn't strike. I didn't strike for the first six frames of the night. Okay? I didn't strike for the first six frames of the night. Still shot 720. 286 the third game. I left a four-pin or a 10-pin uh, all first five frames. Uh, they were super easy. The last game, uh, I pretty much felt like I could throw it anywhere and strike. The guy who I was who I bowled the previous week and I was supposed to get a rematch against, he ducked me to go on his honeymoon. All right. He oh, ducked me to go his on honeymoon. His honeymoon. So <laughs> he week. You. Okay. Week. All right. So I'm hoping this No, week, he took your money. He took your money from last week his coming on his honeymoon. He spent that hundred. He spent that hundred on something on his honeymoon. That's all right, though. You know, I'll get that back. We'll we'll run it back. So I'm hoping for a, a, a rematch this week, this Thursday. Uh, it was definitely cooler in the bowling alley. That was nice. Uh, it wasn't a million degrees. Uh, me and my partner, we we lost the first game. We lost the second game. And I got, can I comment on something here with league bowling? Right, we lose these first two games. You know, the other teams like celebrating. Okay, they're slapping out shots. They're high fiving each other. Right, they're reacting to strikes, good breaks, etc. You know, this is a double summers league on a house shot. Uh, handicap, uh, you know, so I, I don't know, man. It just drives me crazy. It drives me crazy. I came out the third game was like, all right, I'm throwing down this game because I, I'm, I'm not letting these guys beat up on me all night. So, uh, I bowled good the third game. GQ picked it up the third game. And, uh, yeah, we actually won, uh, totals for the night, only winning one game. So we ended up winning the points and, uh, yeah, you know, I'll be back this week. I honestly, I feel like I could shoot 300 every game. I do. I feel like every single game, I can I can literally uh, shoot three hundred. So you know, it, it's it's cool. It's a fun feeling. But I went to practice on some sports stuff on Monday night. 
And uh, yeah, definitely enjoyed that more. You know, it's just a it's it's just a much truer experience of the game. You know, you you truly see whether you're throwing it good or you're not. You know, and the discrepancy between the two couldn't be any greater. Dude, Lindsay loves your league bowling stories. Uh, hey, look, like Mike gives a true perspective on what bowling league is like, uh, and I I like the stories too because. Mike hates league and he hates easy shots. Yet he bowls a league and he bowls an easy shots. So. No, that's that's bullshit. Okay, uh, I bowled this one league because of a specific set of circumstances. And usually, I would, uh, honest to God, I would never, I wouldn't even consider bowling a thirty-six week house league. Dude, Kyle wants to bowl you. <laughs> Can no. you imagine? I'm sorry, not on a house league. You want to come and bowl a sport league with me? Got you, Hoss. Let's do it. But it, I'm listen. It just it takes a lot of the fun out of it for me. I like the challenge of bowling on something tough because at the end of the night, if I bowled good, it means that I threw it good and made good decisions, and that means something to me. Whereas when I bowl on the house stuff, I shot seven twenty. Honestly, I threw it like garbage, and I felt like man, I shot seven twenty throwing it like this. I haven't shot 720 on a sports shot league. I think maybe I've done it once the entire three, four years I've been bowling a, a, a sports shot league. Yeah, but Kyle, that's not fair. You strike on you strike on everything. So that's 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 he really kind of a he doesn't strike. He doesn't strike. He doesn't strike. Yeah, didn't strike all that much of the strike oh, derby. Sorry, Kyle. Right. Sorry, he's, Kyle. Man, I love you, bro. Yeah, he's still he's still the best bowler in the world. He's still the best Dude. bowler in the world right now. Still the most marketable bowler in the world. Listen, keep an eye out, yo. Uh, Kyle Troop made an appearance in New Jersey this week. I don't want to. I don't want to put the. You know, I don't want to release things that aren't supposed to be out there yet. But keep an eye out for some really good and interesting cross content. Okay, keep an eye out for some great cross content coming from Kyle and uh, and somebody else who's big in their uh, niche. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, so so Rob, that's that's my league report. Uh, Rob, okay. you need to, you need to bring up. Uh, Nico, uh, Nico Puhar's comment here in the uh, in the chat for a minute. Well, we want to do we want to get on this right no, now. I just want to tell people we're going to get to it. We're going to get okay. to that. Okay, we we have a discussion plan on that exact issue. Uh, yeah. So Nico's yeah Nico's comment was about Brad and Kyle's podcast in the U twenty division at the Junior Gold. Um, we have a whole thing planned uh, for the for talking about Junior Gold. Don't miss it. It's so uh, when we talk about Junior Gold, it's it's can't miss, Mike. Oh it's my goodness! Miss, because we might be the only two people that aren't huge fans of Junior Gold. Um, so, and we have our reasons why. But oh, uh, SB SB talk. Let's do. We'll let's talk do SB talk real quick. Yes, yeah, you want to do it now while Kyle's watching? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so let's talk. ISPs. The SB is irrelevant. All right, Robert. Well, it's, it's it's irrelevant. It's totally irrelevant. Bowling isn't even with ESPN anymore. I'm I'm almost positive because I follow these guys on social media, all right, and uh, I'm almost positive that the bowlers weren't even invited to the event. They used to be invited. Rob, you went to the ESPYS, didn't you? I did, One man. With Bill, right? So the bowlers used to be invited. Doesn't seem like they're invited anymore. So not surprising to see that they're completely off the mark, completely off. And and listen, this is no disrespect to Tom Darty. Tom Darty had an incredible season. He deserves much credit for what he what he got done this season. But let's be clear, Kyle Troop is the best bowler in the world. He had the best season. It it was one of the best seasons in PBA history to go even further. And for him to not win the ESPY shows how out of touch ESPN is with some of these niche sports 
And, you know, I'll leave it at that. I, I went on Twitter and I said, uh, you know, the ESPN was the jilted ex-lover of bowling and didn't want to give it to the most marketable bowler. People, I'm kidding. You can't take much of what we say here very seriously. Right. So, Kyle, uh, respond. Okay. To right. We're not invited because of COVID this year. By okay. the way, Fair enough. just on the Fair record, Good. On, the, on the record, Mike, those three days that I went with Bill to the ESPYs was probably the greatest three days of my life. Honestly, like you made, you just made Kyle feel great. That's for sure. Kyle, you, just made Kyle you missed out on three of the greatest days of your life, dude. I was literally like drinking with like, you. I can't even tell you the list of celebrities that I met that those three days. Um, but no, you're right. Based on look, the SBs is non-existent to me, Mike. Uh, the, it, it, whoever wins the award, the bowling world doesn't care. Okay. Well, let's talk when bowl of the year, when the PBA bowl of the year comes uh, nobody cares about the ESPYs, uh when it comes to bowling uh, in the bowling world. I'm sure Kyle wanted to win. Don't blame him. If if, if I was nominated, I'd probably want to win too uh, since I deserve to win. But in reality, I'm sure if you asked any of the bowlers that were nominated and they, they you had a choice between the ESPYs or, or, or PBA Bowl of the Year, it's a, it's a, non, it's a, non, a non-existent um, argument. Um, so, Mike, I got a, a question. Did you get to watch the UFC this past weekend and watch the Conor McGregor fight? Do you really think that I'm a big enough – you know me, son. You think I'm a big enough sucker to tune into that circus? Okay, so the reason why I asked this question on a bowling podcast is because I threw a tweet out and what, was asking if bowling needs a Conor McGregor, okay? Now, if you – well, let me put some – input on Conor McGregor in the UFC this past weekend. Conor McGregor on his weigh-in, okay, was just out of control, okay? The shit he was talking was like on another level of Conor McGregor's shit talking. He was talking about his wife, the guy he's fighting, his wife, Poirier, um, just all kinds of shit, right? It was actually super entertaining, right? I loved every minute of it. Um, You know, it wasn't exactly classy, but it was entertaining, uh, so they fought. Conor McGregor had a bad leg injury. He broke his leg like after the first round. While Conor McGregor is literally laying on the floor, he's talking about how like Dustin Poirier's wife or he's in his DMs or his wife's in his DMs, uh, his wife's flipping him off. I mean, it's pure chaos, Mike. It's just, but it's super entertaining, it's, right? It's theater. It's theater. Oh, it's so theater. Like, the UFC is lucky to have someone like Conor McGregor because either you love him or you hate him, and he is super entertaining and he he knows how to uh, advertise fights. He knows what he knows how to piss people off. He knows how to get people to love them. I'm on board with a Conor McGregor personality, but could you imagine what? How would the bowling world take a, someone like Conor McGregor grabbing a microphone from Kimberly Pressler and asking? <laughs> The, his opponent, uh, if his wife is going to slide up in his DMs. Like, what would the bowling world do, Mike, if, if Conor McGregor was a bowler? The funny thing is that I'm almost sure that's probably happened in the PBA before where you think somebody so? – Oh, yeah. I'm sure at some point somebody could have legitimately said something along those lines. Um, I don't know. You don't think that's too far? Like, bowling really needs that. We need that. I don't think we need that. I think we need – I think we need some 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 smack talk. I think we need some back and forth. I think we need some genuine emotion out there. But I don't think we need to go that far. I mean, you want you want uh, 
you want the announcer running up to Randy Peterson after he leaves the eight pin and getting in his face on the approach and saying, what do you think about what Ernie Schlegel's doing right now? You know, you want something like that. I mean, Mike, you know, that's, I want, that's going far. Oh, I JD, see, hold on. JD wants to know if I beat Coppola. Uh, no, he's he, on his honeymoon. He, he ducked me for his honeymoon, JD. Can you believe this? Yeah. Can you believe this guy? Weak, yeah, weak. Here's the thing is like, and, and, and I'm going to put this straight. Nicholas, you're 100% right. I think the bowling needs that sort of drama to attract the larger audience. Yes, Mike, emotions from the players. Yeah. The, the reason why this was so successful with Poirier and McGregor is the fact that they really didn't like each other or the fact that maybe it was for uh, like a ploy. Maybe they were just trying to advertise a four fight. But the feelings and the emotions seemed super legit and super real. And, I mean, when you have the, his wife flipping him off after the fight's over, like, you have to believe that those emotions are real. Um, and Yeah, because bowling, from, from one side, it can be real. And from right. the other side, it can be entertainment. And I think that's sure. kind of what you have here with Conor McGregor. Yeah. You know, no matter who he's involved with, it's kind of the same thing. It's kind of the same routine. So, uh, listen, you know, you – for all those that don't know, Rob is a huge fan of WWE. If you've been a fan of Sweep the Rack for a while, uh, you know this, right? Used Rob to be. I don't watch it so much anymore. He, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I turned it on last Friday. I, I could not get through even three minutes of that garbage. No, it's not. It's not good. I, just got I, mean, me, I just was like, dude, how the hell is this so popular? I mean, but my point is this. Rob loves the drama, even if it's you know fake, even if it's kind of overplayed, whatever. I think that it really needs to be genuine. You know, I think genuine. that that you need genuine, you know, good Hatred. guy versus bad guy Hatred. personalities. And Rob, you and I both know that a lot of these bowlers who are professional bowlers, the best bowlers in the world, they have that edge to them because we have seen a lot of these guys have that edge to them at various times or earlier times in their career. Okay. The problem is that and we've discussed this before, that once you become a part of that small, you know, very contained PBA tour, you know, it's kind of in everybody's best interest to get along, you know, and, and to not have those kind of adversarial relationships. You know, if there were more people out there, more opportunities for those uh, rivalries to develop, you might see more of it. But, yeah, you know, it's got to be genuine, though. But I agree with you. We need we need a little more than we have, you know. we definitely. Well, I think do. that's the reason – why people were, were were feeding off of the Rash Belmo rivalry because everybody knew that was real. And I know for a fact it was real for, for for a while back when, you know, I'm talking like 10 years ago, right? Um, and then obviously the PB, like, I, I'm, I don't, I'm not sure 100% what happened, but they, you know, they learned to kind of coexist and not really go at it, go at each other. But Bowling needs a real rivalry, and they need a real rivalry with people who make shows. Okay, yeah, like like Bill and Kyle Troop come to mind. You know, with with their interaction in the uh, what was it, the PBA play or no, the PBA Tour Finals there, right? Tour finals, so right. so I I like, but see, here's the thing: the PBA itself has to play that up. The PBA itself has to be willing to market that right so flow bowling has to be they got to go and interview bill right after they have to interview kyle they got to get comments from both they have to put an article out about it the next time they bowl each other they have to bring up those clips and remind people or else it kind of gets lost in the fray right it gets lost yeah. in a couple of things 
I'm just scared that the PBA and like the flow bowling will like cheese it up. You know, we've had this conversation. No, before. but see, like, that's what I'm saying. It's again, I go back to that point of it being genuine, you know, but I, yeah. I, 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 in general though, Rob, I, I agree with you. I think a lot of people agree with our, our position here that the PBA needs more drama. You know, they, they need more genuine uh, rivalries, uh, genuine, um, you know, uh, now I don't want to use the word hatred because it's such a strong word, but uh, genuine back and forth between the players. And, and as I said with Kyle's comments on Bill, you know, or, or during that match with Bill, it was almost like he was talking to himself, like what he would say out in, in his head, he was saying out loud, right? So, um, yeah, more of that, more of that. I like it. I like it. I like when Simon called out the haters too, as several people are mentioning uh, in in the chat here. You know, I like I like that too. I think that that's great. You know, but again, there's got to be that background to it. All right, Rob, uh, you want to discuss discuss the strike derby? Uh, I mean, yeah, sure. We're not going to spend too much time on it because no, I mean, it was no, just I mean, a, it was a it fun. Was it's a fun, fun event. It's a fun event. Fun. It is, but. You know. It would be. It's much better if it's live. It's much better if you can bet on it. We bet on it last year. It was fun to watch. It was entertaining. You know. Uh, Look, the the one thing that's good about it, Mike, is the fact where it's easy. It's an easy format to follow. So a lot is. of a lot of a lot of non bowlers uh, were are interested in, in the strike derby because it's easy to follow. You don't have to know the scoring. You don't have to know. Who's going to throw really, more strikes? Right. Who's going to yeah, throw it's more? It's strikes, an easy. Though? It's an easy. Like it's an easy. A, a competition for people that don't know bowling to follow. So, you know, and for all the feedback that I got, uh, you know, just talking on social media, talking to people, um, everyone seemed to enjoy it, Mike. I mean, like, you know, I mean, nobody was really expecting this to be a hardcore competition where, you know, people were going to be at each other's throats. It was a fun laid back, like, you know, I call it more of a scrimmage and just to, you know, look, when bowling's on TV is always a win. So, you know, it is what it is. It's not really for the hardcore bowler like yourself, Mike. Yeah, but for, uh, but but can I ask a question though? Would it have been better to have this as a live event where people would have been able to bet on it, and perhaps you could have promoted it as a betting type event for people? Sure. Uh, and the have home some of the, last night, right? Have some of the um, the King of the Hill shows that really you could only bet on the first match of each King of the Hill show, so so there wasn't much action there. Would it be better to have those shows uh, taped, you know, and, and fill these spots? I don't know. I mean, here, here's where we're at, right? Uh, th listen, shout to Andrew Anderson. You know, he won the event, takes home takes home a decent prize. Uh, it was nice to see some different faces there. You know, they definitely used the opportunity to feature some different guys. I love the DJ with the – do 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 throughout the whole show. Love it, love it. Give me more of that. Okay, Bayside crowd was great. All right, Bayside crowd was great. Uh, but I really would have liked to have seen this show be live and be able to put some bets in on it. I didn't. I, I watched it. I flipped back and forth between this and the uh, Italian Italy England soccer game final. I was kind of flipping back and forth. Dude, that was a hype final. Was but a I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. The, the soccer had more of my attention, bro. The oh. soccer had more of my attention and it, I watched it had everybody's it. attention. Yeah. I watched the, uh, the strike derby later. Okay. Um, so yeah. And, and, you know, Mitch Young points out in the chat, like, you know, imagine laying down a bet on somebody failing and pray their fails. Right, that's a great example. That's a great example. Like, like Rob said, this event is so easy for non bowlers to 
get involved in and see, oh, who's going to throw more strikes? Okay, they bowled a qualifying round. Here's how many they had. They're seeded. Who do you think is going to throw more? Right. I would love, you know, let's let's promote it though. Like let's let's get some some information out there. But here's where we're going. I tweeted out during watching this show that to me, to me, I feel like bowling should own the summer. I do. I feel like bowling should own the time in sports between when the NBA finals uh, are wrapping up to when football preseason is ending. You know, and, and here's what Rob and I are gonna do, because I text Rob about this. And over the next couple of weeks. Uh, Rob and I are actually going to put together our own PBA schedules where we are going to take the events the PBA currently holds and make up our own schedule of what we think bowling should be. Obviously, I just gave away that mine will be heavy during the summer. In and, all locations, too. We'll have our own yes, cities. Absolutely, absolutely, right. And Maybe even yeah, bowling centers. And I think we need to, we need to push bowling uh, and we need to push gambling on bowling. I know there's some people out there that feel like, oh, there's, you know, there, there, there's not that many degenerates that gamble on bowling. Your brother was saying that on Twitter, uh, Rob, to me. And I get that. I hear that. But I think the people that feel that way underestimate how many people there are that will put in a little small bet just to be interested in this thing that they're watching, and that's how they get into following it, right? Yeah, so, yeah there was Robert, a lot of blowback, too, from yeah, Robert, I, Robert I, Hamilton, no fastest balls speed for Ty. Yeah, that was a lot, a lot of negative feedback on the internet about yeah, people were sure. so pissed about the tiebreaker being. Yeah, that's not really fair if you expect Norm Duke to throw the ball faster than Andrew Anderson. I mean, yeah, it's really sure. not. Um, but okay. uh, look, wait. So, um, to your point about bowling being heavy in the summer, so bowling is not good when it goes up against Monday Night Football. Is that a bad spot? Like, just it's I'm a bad just spot. asking. It's, it's a bad, bad spot. spot, right? Okay, just wondering. Um, Mike, one of our favorite parts of the summer is the Junior Olympic Golds. Uh, and I got into some trouble on Twitter, as one of us seems to get on trouble on Twitter these days uh, every every week. But, um, you know, my comment wasn't towards Junior Gold. It was just the fact where I think everybody who turns 17 years old shouldn't be allowed to bowl juniors. Uh, it should just you should be, like, literally, like, forced to go adult once you hit 17. And it, um, delved, it really delved into... Uh, you know, a mess of various people commenting and riding on you because, you know, telling you you didn't have your information right and the, the, the rules well, were not correct. So, Rob, did you – have you done your research, son? Are you ready to give – are you ready I to have. give the people an accurate rundown of where things are at? Go ahead. I had did my, I did my research. So my concern was the fact that, like, I thought, and when we were younger, right, and this is true, this is a fact, 21 and 22-year-olds were allowed to bowl juniors, okay? I know a few bowlers that I could name that were 22, and, you know, when you're 16 and you're bowling as a 22-year-old, it's just, it's stupid, it's not fair. So I was under the impression that at least 20, 21s people, because I was under this impression, Mike, because junior gold has an under-20 division, Right. So Junior Gold has an 18 to 20 division, okay? I think Cameron Crow just won that division in the in the in, in the men's side. I'm going to say men, not boys, okay? Cuz they're men. Um and I I was under the impression that if you were 20, you were still allowed to bowl juniors because Junior Gold had an 18 to 20 division, okay? Now well, it's really under 20, under 18. Right, right. right. But under, I was I was still yeah. under the impression you could still bowl as a junior when you're 19, 20. 
Well, I was corrected and, you know, rightfully so because the USBC put a rule into place this year, the 2020 to 2021 season, that once you're the, the max age you could bowl as a junior is 18 years old, okay? Now, if you go over the age of 18 during the junior year, you have to sign some kind of exemption through the USBC. So I guess my question is, since that is a fact, if you're forced to go or not allowed to bowl juniors as 18 um, or over 18, then how is junior gold running in 18 to 20 division? It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But I guess according to my research, Mike, and the facts, the USBC was supposed to address that this year. But I would imagine since COVID hit, they did it. So I'd be curious to see if this is the last year that the 18 to 20 division will take place. But I also, you know, on Twitter was was said that, well, the reason why there isn't 18 to 20 division is because it's a different rule outside of the U.S., like international competition. You're able, you know, the, the, the juniors uh, are a certain age over 18. I don't know any of that specifics, but those were the facts that I did research on the USBC and the 18 to 20 division. So, look like. Well, Rob, be, what, do, what do we do best here? We speculate. That's we what speculate. We so let me speculate. Uh, I think maybe they kept the division in because they don't want to see the junior gold numbers drop drastically, and oh, they know yeah. that. And they, I'm saying they know <laughs> yeah, that yeah. that's a huge division, and you know, obviously there wouldn't be anything to replace it because they already got an under twelve division. So you got kids that are. 10 and 11 years old showing up to junior gold averaging less than a hundred. I don't see what, uh, what's productive about that. Uh, but <laughs> that, that, that would be one thought from me as to why they, they kept the division in there. Perhaps it could be because of the transition in the rules that you mentioned where you have kind of this, this gray area now for a year or two, right. Um, where that, that may be the case, right. So yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens going forward. Um, you know, I, I'll be honest. You you feel very strongly that people should, when they turn 18, 17, you know, 17 they should go, they should be bowling as an amateur. That's Absolutely. it. You're, okay. That's it. Done. I, I kind of disagree with you on this one. I'm sure That's everyone shocking, disagrees with shocking. me. I'm sure everyone disagrees and, with me. And here's why. There, and, and things have changed, Rob. Things have changed. And, and really, done changed. I'll, I'll ask you this question. Do you really think that it was the right move for guys like us, for me and you. I'm don't don't count a Bill or a Mike Fagan in this, okay? Guys like me or you, our ability level, or maybe even a little bit below uh, where we might have been at at that time. Do you think it was a good move for our careers to go and join the adult ranks when we turned eighteen? Because that's what we both did. Um, looking back at it, if it was a good move or not, um. Yes, because of what – and we spoke a little bit – spoke. We tweeted about this a little bit on Twitter. For that era when we were bowling, all of the great big tournaments were all adult tournaments. We didn't have junior gold that was 5,000 or 10,000 entries that was getting national exposure. We didn't have no, PBA youth. No, right? junior, I, gold, junior gold was actually one of the last junior tournaments that I ever bowled. It was the summer right. of 1998. We bowled yeah. the Youth Masters that early August. Right. We went out to Ohio together and bowled the Youth Masters. 
And the Youth Masters was actually the last junior tournament I ever bowled. That couple weekends later, I bowled a regional at Maple Lanes, and that was my official uh, transition into adult bowling was that event. Now, I'll say this. For me, Rob, I, I again, I totally disagree with your assessment there. And maybe when I make some of these points, you might you might agree with me or hear some of these things out. For me, I feel like looking back on my career was absolutely the wrong decision. The reason I say that is because, number one, it was so hard to compete at that adult level. And I don't mean with the bowling. I mean with the money. Okay? It was unless you unless you were somebody like Bill O'Neill who had sponsors lining up out the door to give you money to bowl, trying to make money with you. If you were unproven, it was really hard to find the money to bowl some of these events and bowl competitively. I mean, I remember the first time I went out to the high roller, I think I brought like thirty five hundred dollars with me. And Rob, I went broke and was home in a matter of days. Because yeah, like you, you bowled a couple squads, you entered a couple things, you put you had a high roller, and your thirty five hundred was gone, and that was it. You had some spending money, so that was my big shock of entering the adult bowling world. Was like, wow, if I want to go to one of these tournaments and bowl three squads, it's going to cost me, you know, three or four hundred dollars for a weekend. And, and honestly, I had just started college; I didn't have the kind of money. You know, I, when I experienced that in the adult ranks, I definitely felt like, man, I should have stayed because I went to school in North Jersey. You guys went out to Michigan, so it was a little bit different, even though Michigan had a really good, strong junior bowling program at that time, too. But I could have stayed in North Jersey, easily gotten the JBTs all over the place any Saturday or Sunday that I wanted to go. And I really could have learned how to win more, you know, build up my confidence, build up well, my skill level, bank some here's money away. You know, to be able to bowl and like, see, look, you know, but here's the difference, Mike, is the fact when we were juniors and we were bowling back in our era, um, they didn't put out patterns at these JBTs. I know. It was all, listen, listen, it yeah, was all the got, local I know house. Exactly where you're going. You're 100% right. Go ahead. Go, go. You with know, it. the juniors these days are able to um, prepare and bowl these tournaments and, uh, they, they're, they're better prepared to go into adult at, at 17, 18 years old than we were when we all of a sudden got hit with a 33-foot flat pattern at the high roller, and we never even seen a freaking flat pattern before in our whole entire lives. And we're going out there with bowling balls that are drilled for, like, house shots, and all of a sudden we have to use weight holes and, you know, use Aberlon pads that were never even shown to us. None of that shit was ever explained to us as a junior. We used to go there. They used to boil the local house tournaments. And I think the only ever pattern that was ever laid out for us was maybe the, the, the U.S. Um, the, the youth tournament by Gary Beck. I think it was like the youth masters where they yeah, put out even, some even brutal that shit. Was a mess. It was a mess. That was a mess. That was, there was a mistake yeah. with the lane machine in that tournament. So anyway, but, but let so, me, let me, let me, let me make a point about that too. With the lane conditions being such a jump up when you went from junior bowling to adult bowling when we did, that's why I'm saying if you went to a tournament, you you, you probably weren't going to make the cut bowling one squad. I mean, that was like a miracle. So you well, were going to have to bowl two, three squads, and it was going to be so, more expensive. And, but, you know, but, but, but what's the difference between going adult at 21 and going adult at 17? You're just going to get three more years of bowling on local house easy shots. My opinion is when you're 17 at that era, you might as well jump into the deep end while and get more years of experience on the harder patterns so you could at least when you get to 21, you have the experience. Dude, when guys that we knew that went out at 21 or 22, right, they 
you know, we're, we're still bowling local easy shots. When junior gold these days, these kids at 13, 14 years old, they're getting exposure to hard patterns um, that we never had exposure to when we were younger. The only patterns we had were like the, the crazy dungeons that we had a bowl on, but those were just messes. They weren't really patterns. Yeah, so and anyway. I, I, I hear your point on that, you know, but I, I'll also say, as I mentioned earlier, that like things have changed. You know, Things don't a, change for a while, Rob. These 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 young bowlers today, these junior bowlers today, had the best of both worlds, where you could stay as a junior and get an exemption to bowl an adult event anyway, right? Yeah. So at that point, Crazy. what's the what's the point of going adult? There's no point. You, you still go bowl the adult event. You're going to get your money one way or the other, right? So uh, I hear you. I agree with you on the uh, and we've talked a lot about this about the availability of knowledge. And how that has impacted younger bowlers today and the fact that younger bowlers are so much better today than they ever were before. And that's why you see a lot of these young kids coming up right away and winning that have that kind of talent. Um, so, Mike, yeah, it's, it, it's an interesting discussion. But Yeah, but, it is. Uh, We're going to talk about the passion, though, of these junior bowlers, okay? Because that's the one thing that I miss about juniors was having fun, right? Having camaraderie, meeting kids, right, your age and – being really close friends. I mean, look at us. We've met through JBT, right? Um, and uh, the celebrations and the hypeness, okay? I mean, the celebration, because we used to get so freaking hype, and we used to love every minute of it. And I remember there were some days, like, my face was hurting because I was laughing so hard leaving the bone center, you know? I, ta- my, I, tagged I, you in, I tagged you in quite a few things, son, because yeah. I see these highlights from the USBC, and I'm just like uh, – Man, Mike. you know, like Rob needs to be here. This, this is Rob is needs to see these. You know, uh, yeah, Nico, so. Nico Puhar mentioning uh, Jillian Martin. My thoughts on Jillian Martin is like, uh, you know, it's like a bear, you know, feasting. It's like, come on, this girl goes out and makes TV shows at the PWBA, and she's out here bowling against juniors and junior gold. Like, woo, man, good luck to those juniors and junior gold trying to beat her, yo. Mike. This is one of my favorite celebrations of all time. Okay, so I'm not even. I just we just gotta play it, okay, and 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 just watch this for thirty seconds, okay. Thanks to Inside Bowling for uh, giving me the video feed here. To how to celebrate a Brooklyn strike, Mike. Watch this kid getting up on the left lane right now. Okay, watch this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so all right all right here's the question like let's take a let's 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 uh speculate as to the context of what was happening there right why is he celebrating in that manner all right I, i'll go first i think he's celebrating in that manner out of frustration oh. that looked like a that looked like a frustrated celebration to me where you're slapping out a Jersey, you're slapping out a Brooklyn on them saying, that's right. Give me one back. I haven't gotten much today. I'm fried out here. Give me one back. And I'm celebrating that one on you. Cause I got them back on you. That's, that would be my speculation on that celebration. How about you, Rob? My speculation is I think like he practiced that celebration before he did it. <laughs> no way. Yeah. No way. You're 100% off on that. That was that was 100% spontaneous celebration right there. 
Dude, he was literally like in the mirror, like going like, should I do a spin first? And then like, should I do, do like a moonwalk? And like, maybe like, I'm sure he rehearsed it. He had brainstorming sessions. Like, okay, what is the perfect Brooklyn celebration to go viral? And he knew he was being streamed, okay? Because look, like you in the junior gold, and we're going to talk about this later about like the lack of streaming and whatever. <laughs> Only a few pairs were able to stream and he knew he was being watched and he found the perfect opportunity to do, do a little shuffle. Do, <laughs> I totally disagree. That was so random and spontaneous. It looked like, it looked like uh, Elaine from Seinfeld dancing I, at that celebration. He was just like, you know. anyway. But, but I will say, when we were junior bowlers, if there was live streaming and we were ever, ever <laughs> – on a pair that was live streamed. Oh, oh my, god. my god! There would have been. Oh my god! There for every every strike we threw would have been a viral video from the USBC. Seriously, my, uh, there's I'm sometimes I'm serious though. I would really wish that some of my matches I, I I'd be able to go back and oh watch them today. Uh, I wish like we it, could. Uh, I wish we could rewatch the Rob Pierre adverse him or Rick. Rick pick off the three. I wish we could watch that match so bad. Right I would have been a viral. I would have been a viral uh, hit, no doubt about it. Um, okay, uh, and then let's us, talk about the we're hype. bugging. We're bugging here. Yeah, yeah. Dude, the hypeness. Um, the hypeness, right? Getting hype, right? Now we're all you know talk about streaming three hundreds, okay? But uh, Mr. Ian Kane had a three hundred that was, yo, pure emotion, Mike. I mean, this kid, like, he brought he brought the fire. Um, and I'm, I, I want to watch all three of his in, in, in the tenth here because I feel like this is what junior gold really, the good part of junior gold is, right? Is is these kids being able, Mike? And keep in mind the context behind this is this was his first sanctioned three hundred, and he did it at junior gold, okay? Which is impressive because they are bowling on patterns. So, um, are. Pause it for a second. Pause it for a yeah, second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're telling me it looks like he's throwing urethane. Does it look like he's throwing urethane? Everybody, yeah, I can't else? tell. I can't it look, tell. Come on, though. Thing. Looks, guys, guys. It looks like urethane, doesn't it? It looks like urethane. He's not. I don't think he's two handed. He's one handed. All right. He's one handed. One handed. He's throwing urethane. Rob, you really want me to believe that somebody who has a urethane ball in their bag at a, at a sport tournament, ready to go, urethane ball in their bag? does not have a 300 what does that tell you what does that tells say you. is very likely about this young man right here that he bowls on challenging shots he doesn't bowl on how thank shots. you thank you thank you son that's exactly yep. what it says listen if this kid doesn't have a 300 already and this was his first 300 I'm gonna tell you something this is a kid who who rarely ever bowls competitive stuff on house shots because if this kid bowled on house shots he'd have he'd have a dozen 300s already Okay, so come on, yeah. So, so we're you know this is a different breed of young bowlers today. All right, let's watch. I feel like we need the volume on this one. Dude, is the volume not showing? Is it not? Is it not hearing? I don't. I don't hear it. I don't hear okay, it. So let me let me let me stop it and then let me um bring bring it back here because the volume is going to be um uh important here. Uh, where am I? Yeah, N Nico is saying in the chat, you could say the same thing about Julia Mar. And I know they, they said that was her first 300. And I thought, oh man, this girl, this girl is a robot. She is a robot who has been brought up to bowl on sports shots specifically. Okay, here we go. Get up. Get up. Get up. 
Look how and now look, he's calming his emotions down. Dude, he's literally oh, like on his knees, he's relaxing, he's taking pause some it, deep pause it for a second. Pause yeah, it for yeah. a second. See? That's why he had to let it go. That's why he had to let the emotion out because he's so hyped. If he doesn't let the emotion out, there's no way he's gonna be able to get up and throw this 12th shot. Now let's let's talk Take about PBA bowlers as compared to this, right? So uh PBA bowl, they never get that up. Right, they never no. they never allow themselves to get that up because getting that up would mean, you know, getting out of context for what they sure. normally do. Yeah, this kid is. I mean, he's he's obviously Mitch Young. He's Mitch Young out. saying the kid that won the boys' teen masters bowls in sports tournaments with us all the time. Oh yeah, oh, there. I know a lot of kids that bowl in sport regularly more than they bowl in house. All right, last shot here, Rob. Let's see it. Man, if I'm watching in real life, I'm hoping he strikes so I can get all crazy. <laughs> Dude, where's the kid with the hat? Oh, there he is. Yeah. Yeah. I want Dude. that kid with the hat as the official representative of Sweep the Rack Junior Bowling. Okay, <laughs> that 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 would have been me at Junior Gold uh, in 1998, walking around with some madness on. Oh my goodness! Dude, the hypeness was real, man. That was awesome to watch. I mean, real. Yeah, real. yo, listen, and 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 listen to shoot a 300 on that stage on those conditions, yo. Props to that kid. I mean, that's that's a. That's a massive accomplishment, you know. It, it is massive accomplishment. Dude, Mike, that's your son, my brother. Son. <laughs> Dude, that would have been yo. That would have been Mike. That would have been Big Mike in league if he would have shot three hundred last week. Dude, yeah, so funny. I love how no one's born. We're giving the respect to the achievement. Absolutely, Mitch. And you don't yeah. see that anymore. That's why. No, look, there was two reasons why. I, I, there was two reasons why we wanted to show this video. One because. That's what a 300 really should be, right? Like bowling on a tough shot, big tournament, pure emotion, kid's first time doing it, right? So not only was it in a big spot for him in front of everybody and everybody gave him the respect to do it, but it was in a big moment and the pure emotion and the raw emotion was amazing. That's the kind of shit that the PBA needs. But 300s are so easy these days for, for, for the pros, you know, for whoever, it's that you don't see that anymore. Anyway. Uh, Rob, can you put up the comment from Kyle in the chat, please? Uh, Kyle says, I like how all the kids bowl on patterns, but when we talk about adults bowling on patterns, there's a bunch of crying and complaining. Kyle, oh, man, what a great point. Uh, you know, I go to practice on sport patterns uh, on Monday during the summers, uh, you know, put out by Rusty Thompson. And uh, at Majestic Lane, shout to them for supporting uh, the competitive bowlers out there. Uh, and you know who it is? You know who the majority of people there are? Young kids. Young kids, college bowlers, male college bowlers, female college bowlers, high school bowlers, junior gold bowlers. No, There's rarely ever any adults there. You know, and it's it, it says a lot. It says a lot. And that's why, Kyle, I, I feel kind of strongly that we need to eliminate the other side and, and force people to get into the, the more competitive and sports side of the game, but different conversation for a different time. All right, Rob, 
are we are we finished up with our junior gold conversation here? We are, yes. All right. So, you know, listen, one last point that I'll make. Go and take a look at the scores, folks. Oh, tell God. me. Tell me. Like, really, this is sold as a as a and and there's many high the highest level pro bowlers you could think of, folks, who will come on this show or come in my email and tell me, oh, big Mike, you're wrong. This is a positive experience for kids. It's a great thing. They all come back. They all love it. Go take a look at the scores. I don't understand how it could be a positive experience when you have some of the scores that are going on out there. You know, so I'll just say that. But yeah, obviously, as we highlight it, uh, you know, a great event. You know, great, great things going on in other places there. So, all right, Rob, you know what time it is. You know what the people want. All right, who's going first? Am I go? I'm going to go first. We'll follow up because we've already follow up. Yeah, it's perfect transition. Uh, man, what a week for Worst of the Week. It was so easy. You know, guys, I know we all love our Worst of the Week Hall of Famer, uh, Tim Buck. And Tim, let's be honest, Tim Buck was on fire this week. Oh, he, he was on fire one. this week. Okay, the goat, the goat. The goat. The goat was on fire this week. But, I, you know, I had, to, I had to get off of the goat, right? It's the same old, same old admin, admin. All right? So my Worst of the Week this week. Uh, is connected to Junior Gold. My worst of the week goes to every single person who went on any message board, but mainly the gift that keeps giving the USBC discussion boards, and posted about not being able to stream live stream from Junior Gold. Okay? Yo, stick a sock in it, son. For real. Okay? No one wants to hear you crying about live streaming. All right, Bold TV is there doing their thing. All right, obviously they have rights that are that are in place for the tournament. Okay. The reasons that these people were giving for for live stream, coaches that want to watch, people, come on. Seriously, seriously, you know, scholarships that are that might be lost out on, you know, family members who want to watch them from home. I mean, guys, do you really think there's that many family members that are that aunts and uncles are sitting at home watching a a four or five game block in the middle of their day. Come on, guys. Chill. All right. Chill. <laughs> Chill with the post about the live streaming. Okay. Okay. So that's funny because I mean, yeah, like I don't even know why they're live streaming it. Like I don't see a lot of people being interested in t- watching the under 12 division bowl 99. Okay. Um, yeah, I said it. <laughs> yeah, I said it. I'll probably get some shit back for that one, but yeah, I said it. Um, okay. So my worst of the week is a bowl. Mike, there was a bowling ball on sale this week. It, it, it seemed like it was a pretty hot commodity. Okay. Um, I'm going to post up the bowling ball that, uh, is, was on sale here. Um, so Mike, let me extreme Brunswick reactive. Okay. 14 pounds for 1199. Plus shipping, which was thirty nine forty. So, Mike, for close to about fifty dollars, fifty one dollars, you could receive these this brand new in new condition. Well, right? to be Very clear, easy. Rob, I mean, as as the ad says, it's drilled. It's drilled. It is drilled. It's right. drilled. It's there's you know I don't know what's going on with these like lines here. I'm not really sure what that those are, 
but those are probably just believe, part of the layout. I believe those are cracks, Rob. Oh, they, yeah. So cracks. But that actually, you know, look, if it wasn't cracked, he probably did be on sale for probably like twenty three ninety nine. So you get a little bit of a discount for the cracked bowling ball. Um, I, on sale you know, here. I might be mistaken here, but I believe that the, the Brunswick Reactive was a ball that was sold in like a like a Dick Sporting Goods, a Sports Authority type situation, which would absolutely explain the cracking of the ball. You know, from even though it's you know it's drilled, the cracking of the ball because as we all know, uh, those places were famous for doing some some uh remarkable drilling jobs i will say that you know the old sports authority uh get your ball drilled at sports authority so i am going to be adding this to my watch list because i do want to know when it sells um you what, we can we email the seller you we should could. email the seller email okay. the seller and ask some ask some questions yeah I will. <laughs> ask if the, the person who had previously used it, were they right or left-handed? Yeah. You know, as, <laughs> <laughs> ask I'll see them. what I can do. I'll ask see what them. I can do, um, Mike. I will. Ask them. So, what else could we ask them? Ask them if there's any tape in the thumb hole. What, I'm going to ask them what see, conditions. Do you see the span on that ball? I mean, it could just be the yeah. picture. But it, it, it honestly looks like the span of that ball goes around almost uh, two-thirds of the ball. Honestly. I'm going to ask what conditions this ball will be good to use on. Yes, yes. Do you know That's what lane conditions this was used? Maybe ask, was it used on wood or synthetic lanes? Do you know how many games it has on it approximately? Right. What? Yeah, has, has, it ever, has it ever been resurfaced before? Do you know? Yes. Uh, yeah. You know, if what you know year it was made you know and if this was an original or a remake there's a lot of like questions i need to get i need to figure out what is going on with this ball mike because this is is a must have for all bowling ball dude this is like i, I might post a video i might post a bowling ball review after I, I buy the ball and let everybody know that this is the best ball that's ever been made and that everybody should go out and and drill one and then, so, yeah, yeah, somebody in the chat said, "Will it sand out?" You know, we should, Rob. Actually, <laughs> yeah, we'll have a buff we, out. Honest to God, we should buy this ball. We should buy. We should email. Oh, I'm serious. I'll, I'll I'll put the money up for the ball too and the shipping. We should uh, contact the seller, email them, get the answers to our questions. We should buy the ball, and then we should do a video where we take it to pro shops. And inquire, you know, say, oh, I bought this ball online. I found a good deal online. Uh, what do you think we could do with this? Get their reactions. <laughs> yes, and get their reactions. Yeah. yeah what do you think we could do with this? You know, yeah, you just I'm moved not- to Arizona, so nobody knows you out there. You know, you could walk uh, into a few random true. pro shops. Uh, yeah. To me, like, it, it would be definitely better if, like, we got, yeah, I would go to someone who had no idea who I was and just, but I, I couldn't keep a serious face, Mike. I, I, I would need someone to do maybe, that. Maybe we would go. Maybe we go in costume. You know, oh, that would be good. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, so, maybe we send somebody else in other than us. That would be good. Yeah. Like, <laughs> awesome. Oh, oh. How about this one? Like, if you, I brought it to the USBC tournament with me, and I gave it to them to weigh in. Rob, final thoughts here or what as we wrap up? Yeah, uh, excited to bowl a, a, a tournament this weekend. Um, we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, Mike, when's the next? Uh, I'm not asking you because I don't know. 
when's the next PBA tournament? When's that air? Do we have? Is it? Are we on break uh, well, again? Next, no, yeah. The next things coming up are just the uh, the super regionals. You know that are like the, oh. the regionals that are national tour the the flow bowling events. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are going to be coming up. Obviously, one is the uh, breast cancer doubles down in Texas. There's one in Virginia. Uh, I forget where some of the others are. To be honest with you, I think there's two more. Uh, so yeah, we got those coming up. Lo- that's right, Lubbock, Texas next weekend. Uh, so yeah, have those coming up. You know, flow bowling. At least we'll we'll be getting something for our flow bowling subscription. I feel like, other than yeah, the PBA I mean, fifty, it's been somewhat dormant on there. Um, so you know, nice to see that. Uh, Rob, good luck this weekend. Thanks, uh, folks. Thanks for joining us. As always, uh, we appreciate it. We appreciate the chat and banter, and uh, we'll see we'll see everybody next week. Yeah, don't forget, follow us on Sweep the Racket, all social media platforms, Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook page, uh, YouTube. I don't even know what other, all this social media. Um, hit us up on Twitter. I'm BrooklynRob11. At My the 215th. At the 215th. Hit us up. There's always a good Twitter argument, and there's always good Twitter drama. And if you don't want to be on Twitter, just create a burner, follow us, and then – Be careful with the burners with me, son. Yeah, but don't, you know, just just to like watch and just to read some of the shit that that we get into on Twitter is, you know, is pretty amazing. You know, when you have the Oprah bowling comment or Bill comment on your status, you instantly know that everybody's piling on. But yeah, well, one of the the people, one of the people in the chat earlier was like uh, surprised that uh, Kyle Troop had come in the come come in the show yeah hey that's the way it is around here on sweep the rack yo it's people so pop in they want to see what's going on yeah, yeah no doubt all right guys all right. have a great week we'll see you next wednesday see you later bye You are now listening to Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike.